Hey, it's Lauren. And before we get into the show, I just want to say my single Road to Glory is out now. If you like this show, I promise you this song is the show in musical form. It's all about overcoming fear, overcoming obstacles, going toward your dreams, and using all the pain you've gone through, turning it into purpose, and realizing you're better for the suffering you've endured, survived, and turned into your own art and your creativity. It's really a story of the hero's journey. It's a tale of angsty optimism, of believing that the best possible thing will happen, but acknowledging the pain along the way. My favorite lyrics from it are, I've got a light inside me even though there's darkness too, and I've been knocked off my feet, but I'm still crawling on my knees. I won't let go on the road to glory. If you won't let go on the road to glory, go ahead, travel to Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon Music, wherever you get your music, it is there. It's on like over 35 platforms across the world. Go download it, add it to the queue, and get inspired and ready to tackle the world because you're on the road to glory, honey buns. And I love you. Are you creative? That's a rhetorical question. Because of course you are. A creative is anyone who makes something from nothing. Creativity is everywhere and in everyone. And that means you. So what's been stopping your inner creative from bursting out? Probably fear. Fear is part of creating something. It's a real bee. But don't worry, we'll help you get through that. This podcast will be your guide to claim your creativity, redefine your relationship with fear, and build a new life centered around creative expression. You're going to learn tools from people who have found ways to manage life's ups and downs by turning their experience into purpose. Think of this podcast as your very own creative community. This is Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. Hi, how are you doing? It's Lauren, and I'm here with another creative check-in. And this week, I want to talk about stress and stressful situations. So when you're a creative entrepreneur, from time to time, there's going to be stressful situations you're approached with from other people. And that will sometimes send you into a tailspin. And so today I want to talk about how to manage stress caused from those road bumps that you can't control. So if you're anything like me, the first thing you probably do is panic and ask why someone is being mean and begin to start to react instead of respond. So first, you know, don't do that. But it's hard. You probably are going to do it. It's fine. Just don't say anything. Don't put anything out there until you actually know how you feel and you have all the facts. So, you know, you're probably going to panic at first, but then you're going to think more logically. So here are some steps that you can go through that I'm learning to go through in these situations. So after you have the initial stress panic moment, then you can move on to something that will actually help, which is taking the appropriate action to remedy the stressful situation. So Maybe that's talking to a friend and really deciphering what it means. Maybe that's um, going back in your files and looking at what actually happened. Like there's so many different things and I can't speak to, because this is kind of like general advice, I can't speak to your specific scenario, but do whatever you need to do to actually start taking action to make the situation better and resolve whatever the issue is. After that, 
when you've done all you can for the moment and then you have to kind of wait for other people to respond or sift through your feelings and figure out how you feel about the thing, I would recommend focusing on feeling good. Do not replay the scenario over and over again in your head. It won't change anything. And that's something that is definitely tempting, especially when you're anxiety prone, but it actually just makes you more stressed and makes you think less logically. So some ways you can stop doing the replay of events is by praying or meditating. Every time you go to feel nervous about something, like pray, just pray, put it, put it into God's hands or just meditate or think good thoughts. This will help you to focus on the positive, focus on what you want the outcome to be versus getting into a tailspin of what's already going on. Then again, taking another action to resolve it, looking at it and saying, is there anything else that I can physically do right now to help get this situation onto the other side and get everybody feeling good about it? Or just focus on good feelings. Like this morning, I was stressed about something. So instead of like, oh my God, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen with this. I don't know what's going to happen with this person spinning and spinning and spinning in that anxiety voice. I decided, you know what? I'm going to think about some of the best times in my life. And so while I was in meditation, I started thinking about when I was three and saw my first play. And then I started thinking about when I did this amazing performance in Detroit. And it was so great. And it was like one of the most connected moments in my life. And then I started thinking about the time when I lived in New York and how that was one of the happiest times in my life and how I was surrounded by so many great people. And then before you know it, you're just in this kind of elated state far away from your problems. And that doesn't mean you're not living in reality, but like when you've done everything you could to deal with the problem at hand, you sometimes need to do what you can so you don't spin on that problem and therefore create more problems that don't need to be there. So yeah, pray or meditate, take any additional action you can to actually resolve it or focus on feeling good. And then just recognize that you can't control someone else's actions or wish it away. That just doesn't work. And remember, don't respond to the person or the entity until you have all the facts and you completely know how you feel and what's true versus what's feeling. So that's my advice for how to deal with a generic stressful situation. They're going to come up when you are in that role of leadership and creativity because there's really no rule book, right? And it's not like a cut and dried thing, but just know that you're capable of dealing with whatever's coming your way and that you're protected and whatever's meant to be will be and it's all working out for the highest good and you really have to trust that it's so hard in these situations I'm really working on relinquishing control because we have control over our own thoughts and that's about it so I can't control another person's actions as much as I would like to I am not God and as hard as it might be sometimes all these things are tests to make sure that we really want what we want and I know the answer for me is yes I do So if the answer is also that for you, just do your best to deal with it with tranquility and peace and logic and spirituality, and you will be all right. Now to this week's guest. Mary McCarthy is an actor, writer, and the face behind the left hand of the viral Instagram account, at Not Engaged. Since her account's inception, her comedy has appeared in and on media outlets such as Good Morning America, The Skim. Rachel Ray, Huffington Post, Sunrise Australia, Elite Daily, and many more. Mary is also the creator behind the series The Good Pie Girl, which was a network note selection at the HBO-sponsored ITV Fest. However, her creative path was no straight shoot. 
Before Mary had her big break on Instagram, she was a struggling actor in New York City for years. It wasn't until she finally decided to empower herself by writing and producing her own work that she started to see a real change in her career. Then she moved her focus to her Instagram account, at Not Engaged. A couple years into the account, it went viral. But this came only after a period of extreme disappointment and rejection. For several weeks, it was one thing after another for Mary, from losing out on a series of big auditions, to getting sick, to a painful personal rejection, to overworking and exhausting herself. At that point, she had to make a choice. Give it all up and get a quote-unquote normal job, or dig deeper. It's something I like to call a creative crossroads, and it's in almost every single successful person's story. Thank God Mary dug deeper, because within days of getting really specific about her desires for the page, it doubled in size, and she was featured in many big publications, including The Skim, which was at the top of her wish list. I wanted to have Mary on the show because I think her page is truly brilliant. It gives voice to something I've been trying to define for a long time— And that is, just because your milestones aren't easy to understand, like a wedding or a baby, doesn't mean they don't matter. And that being a whole person before you enter any relationship, especially a marriage, is necessary. From our conversation, you'll learn what pursuing a career in acting really looks like and how to make it through, the power of specificity, the full story of how she created and built her viral Instagram account, practical advice to deal with trolls, why your milestones are worthwhile, the key to manifestation, and most importantly, whether she's jealous of all the attention her left hand gets. Now here she is, Mary McCarthy. I'm obsessed with what you're doing, and I know it's very funny, but I think it's also got profound social impact, and it's just like taking the pressure off of a lot of us ladies, so thank you for what you do. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you about it. But before we get into your amazing viral Instagram account, Not Engage, I want to start out with your creative journey because that's just a piece of it. And I know that you are an actor and an incredible writer. And so I'm wondering, when did you first know what you wanted to do and what did that feel like? Ooh, uh, that's a great question. For acting, it was just one of those things that I, I wanted to be an actor as a kid and it it sort of never left me. I feel like for acting, I, I don't think I ever had one of those big moments that I think some actors have where they wake up and they're like, this is what I meant to do. Um, <laughs> I feel like it was a lot of little things along the way, especially in college. And if you're an actor and, you know, sort of just cracking open a character and when you really get it, and it was so many of those that built up that just kept me going. But writing, I feel like I took playwriting in college, but it wasn't really until after I graduated and I was taking sketch classes and I was writing with friends and really collaborating that I I really fell in love with that. So yeah, acting sort of came first and writing came after. And especially now with, you know, web series and it, it used to be, you needed to be a triple threat and now you need to write and produce and create all, all of your own stuff. But it sort of forced me into this passion I didn't think that I would fall in love with. And I did, which was really incredible. Yeah. I always say the dreams you find on the way to your dreams can be just as powerful as your original intention and they can help you with your original intention. Totally. So what did those first few years of pursuing acting look and feel like? Because I also 
went to college for theater and sure. came out to LA like bright eyed and bushy tailed. I don't even know if people still say that because it kind of reminds me of, I'm not even going to go into it, but like came, <laughs> out here, <laughs> came out here very um, like naive and like thought I'd book a sitcom within two months and just was incapacitated by pain. Yeah. And kept going, but, but had to find other things along the way. So what did those first couple years in New York, hardcore pursuing acting look like and feel like? Man, it's, it is such a hard <laughs> career to go into. And I, I think especially in theater schools, they don't prepare you for what, you know, they prepare you for like being the best Shakespeare actor you could be, but they don't prepare you for like how insane, insane the industry gets. The um, pain. The pain. And just the fact that if you're not in the industry, not realizing there's no other job where you have to pay so much money for the chance of meeting someone who might call you in one day for a guest star role in some show. It's an insane business model that we all keep buying into. But the first couple of years, they were really, really tough. And I, I think I floated for a little bit because I think what's essential if you're pursuing that kind of career is picking exactly what you want to go into and and just following that vision. Like If you want to just focus on on sitcoms, focus on that because it's very easy for an actor to say, I can do everything. But then, <laughs> but then you're like scattered and you're, you're trying to impress so many people rather than just saying, I'm going to go after these comedy TV casting directors and show them my work. And you have like one direction and one place to go. So I feel like when I was first in the city, I was like, I'm going to go for these Shakespeare companies and I'm going to take these improv classes. And it doesn't, really work because you're you're spreading yourself too thin. And so uh, I was I feel like I was just totally scattered those first few years and doing a lot of off 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 Broadway shows <laughs> of, of theaters of like 20 people and it's tough. it's it can feel demoralizing, especially if you're doing that day in and day out. And when you first get there, it's so exciting because it's your dream and you're you're pursuing it but, after a while, it's it gets very it gets very very tough, especially re- one rejection after another. And I think rejection is super important um, to to anybody's creative journey because um, that leads you to the right place where you're headed. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's a it's so true. It's so so true, and yeah. I think it makes you stronger. It gives you things to write about to pull from when you're acting. But I mean, you touched on a couple of things that I always say too. It's like I always, especially because I'm not hardcore pursuing acting anymore. But I used to say being an actor is the biggest ripoff in the world. <laughs> they should just keep doing it because we love it so much. You know? Yeah, it's like heartbreaking because you have to you have to pay to be in the system, and then you have to pay you you have to pay so much money for so little that right. it's, it's unbelievable. That's how the system is set up. Yeah. Yeah. You have to really, really, really yeah. love it. So when you're in those moments when you know, you're know you going all over the place, trying to like do this, do that, like any little morsel you can get to really like pursue your passion, how do you keep your passion alive when the very thing you want is the thing beating you down? Like how do you separate the craft from the business part of it? Yeah, I, I, God, I think you need to create your own work. I mean, that's, and that's what I started doing. I literally, it, it got so frustrating to, and, and especially for women, if, if, 
if you're getting called in for parts, like I got called in for so many prostitutes and like, <laughs> you know, nurse number two and nurses are amazing, but the scripts I were reading were, were not. <laughs> um, and it's just, it, if, if you're not getting called in for the work that you want to be doing, you have to find your group and start making it yourself. And so I, I started doing that. And with my like close friends that were in my acting group, we, started creating each other's like web series and different things. And that's how it started going to festivals. And you just have to stick together and kind of write your own way out as Hamilton says. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that, you know, and I do think like we need to take our creativity into our own hands. We're very blessed in that this age is the best time in human history for creative people to make their own work. Absolutely. And you know, your career is a brilliant example of that for so many different reasons. But I just went on a rant on my Unleash Your Inner Creative page about the word aspiring. Mm. I really don't like that word. I think it's very demeaning because if you either have studied something or you know how to do something and you do it well, just because you're not getting paid for it doesn't mean that you're an aspiring actor or an aspiring writer. You're a writer, you're an actor. Maybe you're not doing it professionally, but you're maybe pursuing a professional life, but you are solidly an actor. What is your take on that word and people using it? And what could they replace that with? Yeah, I uh, 100% agree, Uh, especially in this field where you hear so often, especially for actors, like it's, oh, here's this project, but it's unpaid. It's like, well, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Aspiring, I'm trying to think of a good word to replace that with. It's, it's, It's hard because for so many other industries, it's easy to say, I am a banker and I work at JP Morgan and here is the place you all have heard of uh, this company. Um, but yeah, I think, I, especially for these creative fields, it's your soul is going into it. And I think being a creative, gosh, I'm trying to think, I can only think of aspiring and I want like a thesaurus in front of me to like highlight <laughs> a good word that really uh, takes ownership of that. But I think you know, I remember working at a day job where someone was saying, oh, so you're an aspiring actor. I was like, no, I'm, I'm an actor. I'm in a show tonight and I have three auditions this morning before I got here. I'm definitely an actor. And he's like, well, you work here. I'm like, well, yeah, but so do you. So, uh, you know, it's, I, I try to, I, you know, like I just try to tune that out because it, it's just not helpful. Uh, I think keeping your head down and getting your work done is the best advice I can give there, you know, just staying true to that. And, and for people who don't understand that career path, just try and tune them out as best as you can. And then you can wink at them in your Oscar speech. (laughs) That's great advice. Yeah. You know, and you have to consider the source too. A lot of people who are saying that either are innocently saying it and don't understand, or they feel bad about where they're at and they're trying to bring you down to their level because they don't have a dream Absolutely. or they have, they've forgotten their dreams. So yeah, that was, that's a good piece of advice my mom gave me that I always try to keep in mind, consider the source. Yeah. I think that's super important because sometimes people say it very innocently there, you know, I don't think there's a need to like attack someone, but informing them and saying, no, I am, I am an actor. I am a writer. And I think creating your own work is a very good way of saying, oh yeah, well, here are the things that I'm doing. You always have something to say then. How did you get the courage to get out there and create your own work? Because like you said, in theater school, like I love my teachers. They're amazing, but they really didn't empower me in any way to like make my own projects. So how did you get the courage, first of all, the idea, but then second of all, the courage to support the idea and step forward into the world in that way? 
I had a very good community of actors and artists that I worked very closely with over a number of years. I was at an acting studio in the city. The class that I was in, we had been together sort of as a group for a long time. And so the first thing that I created, which I started writing uh, right around the time that I first created the account. Um, and I just basically wrote episodes for everyone in my class. Um, and that was a very easy thing. I was like, I have my source material. I have my actors. Uh, they all pitched in and helped me set up lights and everything. And they got a credit and I got to put on this entire show and they were very supportive and vice versa. If they had scripts, we were able to read them together. So I think that starting out on your creative journey, but remembering that you probably have a community built in around you. I don't see anybody who's really getting it out there on their own, you know? So remembering that you have so many, you probably have so much support around you, even though it feels like I'm getting rejected and I'm, you know, these people think I'm just aspiring, you know, all of these (laughs) other things. Uh, you, You probably have a lot of support and they're willing to help if you reach out to them and ask. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to zoom out of your own life and see what's really going on around you. You know, that's a a great point that we do have so much good and we have so many people with helping hands who also want to be part of whatever we're creating. So I, I love that advice. Find your community and then kind of creatively barter with each other and create opportunities for each other. That's beautiful. That's how you all rise together is my acting coach likes to say. She's, she sees this one class just coming up the ranks together Um, Mm. and it's, it pays off. You see how people are booking things and your turn comes next and everyone's going to be fine. (laughs) So true. And I love too, that, you know, you do a lot of obviously female centric work because that's a big piece of your not engaged brand. And -hmm. I think it's just such a good sign for us as women that things have finally started to change where we can collaborate and lift ourselves up together. That when one person wins, we all win and there's space for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Just getting rid of the idea of competition or that there's only space for one, two women. And especially now, I mean, creating your own work, there's so many platforms that you can do that. There's definitely room for everybody at every level. A hundred percent. And I talk a lot about finding creativity in the mundane. Like I'm like, you know, if you can find a more creative way to pick up dog shit, do it. Go for the gold. And I think you've, I mean, this isn't dog shit, but you have you definitely did that when you were creating your account. So it was born from a text that you sent to your friend after I think an engagement party. So I'm wondering if you could tell me a little bit about that and how you knew you should take it from that like mundane moment where you're sharing something with your friends to an Instagram page to now being a business and a brand? Yeah, I I had gotten home from an engagement party and I was literally back at my parents' house on Long Island because they were sort of the halfway point from the party in my, my apartment. And I picked up tacos on the way home and I literally just sat there and texted a picture to a couple of my friends. Like when you're not engaged and you have tacos uh, and we all had a good laugh. And then over the next couple of weeks, I, it was like when I was like first trying to discover Snapchat, which I don't, I, I'm not on Snapchat. I never like, discovered it. Find me. <laughs> yeah, I had like three followers and I didn't really know what the point was. And now, like some people just like get it and I, I don't understand, but I, the three people that I was connected to on it, uh, I was Snapchatting them. Uh, photos of it. And I was like, I don't understand Snapchat. And maybe I should take this on Instagram, which like, I understood 
it seemed just more accessible for what I was doing. Uh, and so I created the Instagram account and I had like a handful of followers that were literally just my friends. Uh, and it very, very slowly started to get followers that were not my friends, but it was funny, like about like two months later, I think I just posted something on my personal Facebook about it. And so many of my friends were like, Oh, that's you. (laughs) And I didn't realize that I hadn't reached out to anybody about it, but people were just so surprised that like, this was just this voice character that I came up with and I started posting pictures of my hand on the internet. Yeah. And then it just sort of snowballed from there. But one uh, one of my friends who I had texted the picture to, he's like, you found that voice very fast. <laughs> but it was easy for me because I wrote it like a character. Um, so I think anybody who looks at it too seriously needs to look at the grammar because it's it's very silly. But it's been very fun to write. And I think the audience too, it started out not completely differently, but definitely the tone of it has, the needle has moved based on the audience. And just, it's definitely become this more empowering, um, women are amazing sort of, uh, thing rather than like, oh, I'm home alone with my <laughs> naked hand. So, uh, you know, it's, it's changed a little bit, but it's, it's mostly been the same since then. So I'd love to talk about it going viral because something I talk about on the show a lot is creative heartbreak and really like how to keep going after you have something like that happen. And I know that yeah. the moment it went viral was after a series of really painful events. So could you take me yeah. through those and how that pain ultimately led to you basically manifesting. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me, manifesting your account going viral. I started it at the very end of 2016 and it went viral the first time the summer of 2018. It's 2019 now. I know what year it is. Um, So uh, summer of 2018. So the couple of weeks before that, I was in a pretty weird funk. I had auditioned for a few things that if you're an actor, it, it, those auditions that are like kind of the make or break things, like if I get this, this is going to be life changing. And I'm, as you might be able to tell from my Instagram, like very optimistic and hopeful and, and want just everything to work out. And those auditions did not go through, <laughs> um, which as an actor, you know, you face rejection all of the time. But when it's something that big, it's it's extra painful, especially that was sort of like the first really big one that I had faced. Um, And a a few other sort of like heartbreaking moments, personally, just putting myself out there and things just really not working out well. And so I faced a lot of rejection that summer in many, many forms. And I I was, I turned 30. (laughs) And part of it was 30 wasn't sort of this like, dismal thing for me. I, in some ways I was like, I was always meant to be 30. I've always been sort of crotchety and, (laughs) uh, meant for like pajamas and staying in on a Saturday night. But the next morning I got food poisoning. And so now (laughs) after this like few weeks of rejection and just, I kept putting myself out there and kept getting crushed. And now I'm literally lying on my bathroom floor completely demoralized and vomiting up everything that's been going on for the past few weeks. And I was so angry at like the universe. I was angry at everything. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? (laughs) I'm trying so hard and like trying to stay so positive. And this is just insane. Like this is just the worst summer. And I recovered from my food poisoning and I said, okay, 
I am not learning my lesson. I'm going to throw myself into work for two weeks straight, which normally would be good, except I completely burned myself out. I was working way too much. I I spent so many hours writing and trying to edit all of these things and get all of this stuff done. And I wasn't really getting anywhere. But one of the things I did during this time was I, I go to the park a lot to write. And I was sitting there and I made this list of all of these media outlets that I wanted to work with and all of these brands that I would want to collaborate with. And I wrote down just sort of everything I wanted for the account to happen. And then I like got back home and I sort of put the list aside and I didn't really think about it. And I I kept writing these scripts and everything. And a couple of days later, I think I ended up having dinner with my best friend and I was like, I'm so burned out and I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. And I'm like doing all of this work and I'm keep putting myself out there and I'm just not getting anywhere. And (laughs) my best friend looks at me and she's like, you know, I've never really heard you talk like this. You're always trying to like build yourself back up and you're being very open and vulnerable right now. And she's like, I think this is actually kind of a good thing. Uh, she goes, cause you're recognizing that you're doing too much of this and you're not just letting whatever is going to happen, happen. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm just, I'm going through a phase. <laughs> and it was like, you don't get me. And literally less than 12 hours later, the skim posted about my account and the skim was the first thing I wrote on that list. And I didn't reach out to them. I didn't tag them in anything. They didn't reach out to me. They just posted about my account. And I was heading to an event that I I read the skim every morning and I hadn't clicked on any of the links. And so I didn't realize this. And all of a sudden I start getting these text messages, like you're listed in the skim this morning. And I look at my account and my account's almost doubled in followers. And then I was literally, I was heading to this event where I wasn't going to have reception and I'm getting all of these requests. And by the end of the day, like half the people I had wrote on my list had reached out to me. And suddenly I have these offers to like come on this person's show or like talk about this. And I have a writing agent all of a sudden. And it was just this very weird summer that culminated in me finally like breaking down so much that I was on my bathroom floor, completely (laughs) an absolute mess. And then a couple of weeks later, getting all of the things that I had sort of written out and put aside and just sort of focused on. Um, It was a very weird (laughs) couple of weeks for me. And the weeks following were weird. And it, it was just sort of magical. I don't know. It was, it was, it's, manifestation, man. It's real. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So would you say that that was the first time you manifested something? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that earlier, you know, in other times of my life, I've definitely like daydreamed and wished for things that way. I don't know if I ever thought about it as manifesting. But I think that's the big difference between that and when I was earlier in my 20s and first out of school, because I was so scattered, right? And trying to do so many different career paths, like I'm going to do the Shakespeare and I'm going to do this and I'm going to wear all the hats versus later in my 20s and, and now having one specific goal and focusing on that. And I think that's the big difference, right? Like having that one specific vision rather than asking the universe, I want all of these things. Like you you could still probably do all of those things. No one's saying that you're not going to have every job opportunity come to you. But if you're not focused on one thing, you're just going to be scattered and no one's going to know what to do with you. Right? Mm -hmm. I wanted to circle back to that. So I'm so glad that you did naturally. But the specificity piece is really, really powerful. And I think, you know, just being transparent with myself and you and everyone listening, that's something I've definitely lacked because I love doing so many different things. But at times sure. I do think it's derailed me because it's like, well, I don't know where to put my focus. And I guess specifically like God, the universe like can't really guide me if I'm like, well, I want it all, you know? So sometimes you do yeah. kind of have to like hunker down and say like, what thing seems to be giving me the most the most in general, like what seems to be giving me the most in life and follow yeah. that. And then one thing leads to another leads to another. And I think it's hard to, especially for creatives, because as creatives, we want to keep working on ourselves and, and creating. But if you look at it sort of like any other job, right? You, you don't see someone who's like going into like a specific finance field, also trying to do like medicine, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> it just doesn't work. That's not how things happen. And sure, people change career paths, but they make a very specific choice. I'm going to now do this. And so I think looking at it like that, if you're really struggling, and I think that was sort of the thing that changed for me once I once I keyed into that and started writing very specifically like comedy for myself and and focusing on that rather than trying to be like the next very dramatic person mm -hmm. that who didn't really want to be doing that I wanted to be doing comedy so I think that was the important part to that journey yeah and that said you were still doing everything you know you were still totally. running the Instagram account you were still writing you were still doing comedy you were still this multi-hyphenate but you were just putting it all under the same filter another interesting thing how important do you think were those other things you were doing? So for instance, the writing, the acting, the you know editing that you were doing. How important do you think those other things that you were doing that you were stepping forward into the universe saying like, here I am, this is my voice, this is me, were to your Instagram exploding? Like, do you think that one thing influenced another energetically? Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely think in terms of uh, – I, I feel like I wouldn't have created the Instagram account and – 
created that voice had I not been sort of in this community with like other actors and writers and artists, right? Because I probably wouldn't have had that like creative juices going, right? I, I feel like that just sort of momentum of like, okay, well, what can I create next? And like, what is part of this? I feel like that fed into it. You know what I mean? It's It really had nothing to do with the specific skills, but just sort of the support I had from other people, like them following it. I, I think all of that sort of led into it in, in that sense. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if I would have created the account, who knows, but I, I feel like it came out of being around a lot of other creative people and helping each other and working together. And if you hadn't had that downturn, if all those bad things, one after another, after another, after another, hadn't happened to you, do you think that the account would have taken off like it did? What purpose did that serve in your life? I don't know because I feel like I'll 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 get a lot of messages too of people who are either like, oh man, I'm like having such a rough time. Like this account was helpful. And I want to tell all of them like, okay, but that probably means like the good thing's coming because it it just sort of has to, right? Like things balance each other out. Yeah. I don't think I would have been anywhere without all of the rejections that I had. It forced me to spend those two weeks just <laughs> throwing myself into work, whether that burned myself out or not. But yeah, I, I think rejections steer you into the place that you're meant to be going. And I think at the time I looked at that negatively, but I think it's super important and something to be celebrated and embraced. Maybe not in that moment because it could be soul crushing, but uh, <laughs> later on to remember and be grateful. I think having this attitude of, oh gosh, attitude of gratitude <laughs> for your rejections and your setbacks and your down times, because all of those things feed into uh, the good times that are ahead of you. And something else, just it was a little moment in your story, but something I really want to point out is what your friend said to you when you weren't feeling good. And you were like, you know, I I'm going through this. I don't know. Is anything ever going to happen for me? And she basically said to you, like, I'm glad you're finally acknowledging how hard this is and how you feel. And I think so often in those moments, at least the way our culture is right now, it's like, always look on the positive side. You can do it. Everything's going to be yeah. fine. You're great. And that's all true. But with that said, when you inoculate yourself from the pain you're actually feeling, you're cutting yourself off from life. And I think there's so Absolutely. much power in the fact that you acknowledge how shitty you felt and then the next day amazing things happen to you. Like, I just want to take a moment to really acknowledge that because there's a I have a tendency in my own life to like paint like push things under the rug and pretend like everything's fine when it's not. And it's a really good example for me and other people who are positive and naturally positive to know that sometimes it's okay to say exactly how you feel and you actually, you get good things from that. Absolutely. It was a great lesson for me too, in terms of like being vulnerable and just feeling like, you know, I'm, this isn't okay right now and I'm not feeling great. And I, I, yeah, being vulnerable and sitting in that vulnerability, I think was just a really important lesson. And and the weeks that followed that too, because all of a sudden I went from someone who nobody knew to all of these articles are out and people were finding my website and knowing my name and people messaging me knowing who I am already. And that was like a scary, vulnerable time too. And so it was it was a really good lesson in in terms of just like owning up to where I was as a person and an artist. And it really it forced me to, I don't want to say grow up, but grow in a in a 
different way that I just hadn't before. And I think it was a really productive time for me. (laughs) What is your advice for somebody? I mean, for someone who's going from being, you know, kind of unknown to, whoa, now my career is exploding. Cause I hope that everyone who's listening to this has a moment like that. Like, how do you, if you could give your former self advice, how would you tell her to emotionally prepare for that change? I was very lucky in that. Well, I I reached out to like my parents and my best friend and I was like, I don't know what to do about this contract. And they were like, we don't either. (laughs) We're like, we don't know what this non-exclusivity clause means. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, And so there were a couple of weeks where I felt very overwhelmed. And I, it goes back again to like, I was reaching out to like so many different people being like, can someone help me with this? And I wasn't reaching out to like specific people that could actually help me. So I think um, finding the people that know what to do and have your best, stick with people who have your best interests at heart, stick to the people who know who you are truthfully and ignore people who are messaging you that you're like a petty, horrible woman, (laughs) which luckily didn't happen too often. Uh, But the ones that did, of course, you're just like sitting with that comment and not like the hundreds of others that are like empowering and inspiring. Um, so like ignore, how do you, how do you do that? How do you ignore them? I'm so bad at this. I have the thinnest skin. It's like translucent. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I'll say this. I am very lucky knock on wood in the sense that like the followers on this Instagram account are like just some of the loveliest people. And it's this little kind light in the dark hole. That's the internet. And so I luckily don't run into this problem very often. The problem actually does come up when an article comes out about me and I know now not to look at the comments on those articles because they're not the followers. They're not like the base that is looking for this content. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like it's like having an inside joke and like they don't get it and it's totally okay, but I don't need to read their this this day tripper that's come in doesn't have to have this huge impact on my life. You know what I mean? I'm not going to change my entire worldview because Mets forty three sixty seven says I he hates me. Like it it just doesn't matter. And just I guess remembering that like comments there there it's just like nonsense. You know what I mean? Like it's not brain surgery. It's just like comments on the internet and they'll go away. And it's advice I just need to keep reminding myself about because I'm so bad at it too. And I think everybody yeah. is because we're all human. You know what I mean? And if you're being attacked, of course, of course it hurts. So I just avoid all of it. I don't read any of it. Um, I tell people not to send me any of it or not to respond to any of it. Cause there's also a part where like social media kind of rewards those comments if you're responding to it because they get pushed mm-hmm. up further and further. So I don't respond to any of it. Um, That's so smart. And the more you engage, the more you're spreading the negativity. Even if you're trying to combat it, you're still engaging with the negativity. Yeah. And you're you're not going to change their mind. (laughs) Never. That's not. Um, In the same way that they're- Because they're triggered from something else. Like they're not even reacting to you. They're reacting to something else in their life. Right. Exactly. And it's, you know, it's- everyone's going to be okay. Like I I don't, (laughs) I, I don't need to spend my time and my energy on- on trolls on the internet. And I don't, which usually makes me a happier person. <laughs> Very wise of you. Yeah. 
I just love the account in general because I too am 30 and mm-hmm. I'm Italian Catholic. Mm-hmm. And in my culture, no one understands why I'm not like racing down the aisle and <laughs> like ready to get pregnant tomorrow. I do want to have a baby, but I don't want to do it until I'm kind of like more settled in my own career. Yeah. And so I just find it incredibly comforting because as happy as I am for all my friends that show their engaged fingers online, I'm like, is that really all we're working toward? Is that really all we are is this ring photo? And I know that that's not it, but sometimes it does feel like that, right? Yeah. Just from the way it's framed and sometimes the captions are phrased. And so I just love that you're creating a different way for women to show that we're like these well-rounded people. We're not all just like working toward the goal of wearing a white dress and having a big party. Totally. And I feel like so many of us feel like we're racing the clock, not just in the marriage sense, but also in love and career and everything. So I'm wondering what your advice is to someone who's feeling the pressure of time breathing down their neck in general. Oh boy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, it it is hard, especially now because when you're scrolling through social media and that's your entire feed of that pressure just multiplies, right? Because we feel pressure naturally just from the people that are in our lives in the TV commercials and things, subway ads and things that we see. And then you go to your social media to like, see what your friends are up to. And they're all hitting these milestones. And I, I always just tell people like, don't focus on people's highlight reels. You know, it's be excited for them. But if you're, if you cannot, uh, if it's affecting your mental health or anything, it's okay to not look at that for now. Um, Instagram, uh, has like a feature where you can not unfollow them, but sort of mute it for a while. So if you're going through something where you cannot look at baby photos right now, which I think is important, you don't have to, it's going to be okay. And you can be happy for someone and also feel like you need to step back. And I think just focusing on yourself and where you are in the here and now, and stepping away from social media and seeing where you are in your life, because you're probably doing great. You probably just got promoted or just have this new career that's starting. And so you're hitting milestones too, even if they're not the typical framed photos that you would normally post on social media in terms of like engagements and weddings and babies and different things. Yeah. Which is also part of why the account kept going the way it was, right? Like it's this break from the wedding photos. It's silly. Sometimes I'm traveling, sometimes I'm cleaning my tub, but it's, it's just a reminder that like, we're, we're all doing okay. And it's okay to step away from social media if you need to. I think it's, I think it's really important. Do you ever struggle with your friends who are pursuing non-creative paths to understand your life? Like, there's such a um, easy way of understanding like what an engagement means or what a wedding means or having a baby means. But I sometimes feel like I don't know how to properly communicate to my friends who aren't in this sort of lifestyle or like putting creativity as a filter for their life, what it feels like to put out a song or mm. to launch my podcast or to start producing an amazing show. Like there's not proper language for it. Do you struggle with that at all? And how do you work toward communicating? Mm, that's a great question. With my friends, I mean, I, my friends, I feel like I'm like I went to theater school and I'm just sort of surrounded by creatives. Although I did go to a conference recently <laughs> where uh, <laughs> I was invited because of the Instagram account, and the conference was very cool. There were a lot of very different backgrounds of people and industries, but this one guy was very confused. He's like, "But what do you?" 
you mean you like write, but like, what else do you do? And I'm like, I, I write and I act and I take pictures of my hand on the internet. <laughs> and he seems like very confused that like a person could live their life like that. <laughs> and I, I was just, I don't know. I, it was, it was an odd way to like, sort of like try and communicate that too. I guess it goes back to that, like aspiring thing. Like how do you rephrase that for, for someone who's not in the industry? Yeah, I I guess just finding things that ways that you're celebrating yourself, right? And and I I feel like if you're celebrating it, people are going to latch onto the ride, right? If if someone's like, "Oh, what's going on with you? I put out this new song and it's really incredible." And sure, maybe you self-published your book or did whatever, but that's a huge accomplishment. And I think artists sometimes have a tendency to maybe downplay something that they created that the themselves. But that's a huge thing. You did it on your own. That's something that you should absolutely celebrate. And uh, if someone doesn't get that, show it to them. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of, of what else to say to that. But yeah. I mean, I literally tell people, I'm like, this is like my wedding. This yeah, is my baby. Yeah. You know, like that's the only way I can describe it to you. Maybe it's not exactly like having a baby, but I birthed something into the world. Right. Like, like this is a piece of me that's now out there. Yeah. I I created, you know, this web series and I threw a big party for it. Like I was like, here's the premiere, you're all coming. And like I had like goodie bags for everybody. Like I I made sure that like I celebrated it the way that I wanted people to celebrate it. Right. Like I had like popcorn for everyone. I had like all of these things. I had like a photo booth. It was it was literally like like a mini wedding. And that's kind of how I felt after it. Like now that I think about it. I remember like on the way home from that. And I was in this like fancy dress. I'm like, God, this was like my like mini wedding I had for myself because it was a big thing that I did. Like I wrote this whole series and I filmed it and I, uh, you know, sort of juggled all of these hats that I put together. And I, it was something like I was super proud of. So I think, I think just advocating for yourself and celebrating yourself whenever you can. I haven't seen these ones on your account, but do you ever take photos of your hand in those kind of situations? Like not engaged, but just had the premiere of my web series? Yeah. I, I'm trying to think if I did it for that one or where the account was. But when that show premiered, the account was very small. I don't, I, I'm sure I did something for it, but it was a long, it was a while ago. Yeah. I've done, I've done little things here and there, especially in stories too, if I'm um, doing different things, but yeah, I'll celebrate it in ways. Sometimes it's hard with the account. I try to keep it within that character, but definitely there were a couple of like special episodes that premiered that like I posted about. Yeah. Although I feel like I could do that more. That's a good learning for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I feel like you should. That was something that came to my mind. I'm like, she's got to start doing that to yeah. show, to like show the bigger piece that you're not just like these milestone events that are traditionally known. You're also whatever you think is a milestone event in your own life. And I think that's a really important piece to show women. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think in some ways the account does that, like it'll do small events like, I figured out how to put up shelves by myself or, <laughs> you know, or big things like uh, the uh, probably the biggest thing that I did this year was I did a solo trip to Greece and I did this very like four hour hike by myself, um, which was probably like the most empowering thing I've ever done. It wasn't, a I, most people are like, don't hike alone. But this one was like, on a very clear path, like through these villages, like I was, it was I hiked alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's fine, um, but that was it was like 
really incredible. And I literally got to the end of the hike and I'm like taking pictures of myself. I was like, I am amazing. Uh, so like <laughs> pictures like that. Yeah, for sure. Like I'll, I'll definitely celebrate things like that because I, I think you should, I think you should celebrate yourself in as many ways and as often as possible, you know? I do. I agree. Yeah. This is maybe an odd question, but I have to ask it. Okay. Do you ever get jealous of your left hand? Do I get jealous of my left hand? <laughs> yes. Your left hand is so famous. And like as an actress, as a person who has her own career and has these amazing web series and writes and acts in all these different things, do you ever wish that it was more you prominent or are you happy that it's a character and your hand that's, that's a prominent figure? so funny you asked that question. Um, <laughs> because especially like in my friend group, they're like, you're so famous. And I'll always quit back. Like my hand is famous. It's like, it's not, a you know, let's call it what it is. But when the account... <laughs> first went viral I actually went to a film festival like a couple of weeks later for the web series that I had been working on and the web series it was it was like my baby right I was like so proud of it and I was so proud of the writing and I'm like showing it to everybody and I get to the web series and of course like I mentioned that I had this account and I put that on all my stuff and I'm going to like all of these pitch meetings and I'm talking to all these networks and they're like cool 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 so your hand can you tell us more about your hand and I was like yeah but my baby that I worked on for six months no one wanted to hear about my show like no one wanted to hear about like all of the episodes I was like I edited all of these things and like I put it all together and I got this actor that like has been on this show and like don't you want to see it and they're like cool but like we see the account like could you maybe we do it this way and I'm like oh my god but, but in in one way I was like I cannot believe that like this is the thing that is like taking off but in another way it sort of like redirected me like okay let's see what we can make this out of so I think for now I, I wouldn't say I'm jealous of it. I'm like, come on, left hand, let's take us to the top. <laughs> I, <laughs> let's let's ride this train. Yeah, I don't know. My right hand probably gets jealous though. <laughs> yeah, your poor right My hand. Right She's hand. like, hey, I mattered too. Yeah, we'll have to make a little a little jealousy account for it. My right hand's <laughs> my left hand can be the inspiring one. My right hand is like the jealous little <laughs> diva. You just stumbled across <laughs> a fucking amazing idea. Do you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it could be the jealous bridesmaid. <laughs> how have you taken the the Instagram account and helped like how have you taken it and leveraged it for your acting career like in what ways have you kind of spun it to serve your other projects mm. uh, well for one thing anytime I like go in for an audition and or casting director meeting or anything I like lead with that and it's also it's like at the top of my resume and they're like so smart oh wow you're doing this I'm like yep here's the thing like I have these followers, but in other ways, like I've written, I've been like writing different iterations of a pilot for it. Like I would love to make something with that, with this voice. However, I can turn my left hand into a character. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think there are plenty of options that are open to me and that I can play around with. You are your left hand. I am Don't let her hand. take all the credit. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be nothing without yeah, you. They'll see my face one day. <laughs> right. So we kind of went over it, but I'm wondering, you know, the, the feeling you got after struggling for so long as an actor and as a writer, when you finally broke through, what did it feel like? Ooh. It was exciting. It was scary. 
it was uh, <laughs> learning how to be vulnerable in a whole different way. Because like I said before, you know, it went from I had this, I think right before it went viral, it was at about like 20,000 followers, which is it's still a healthy amount. But it sort of felt like the little coffee shop that's in your neighborhood and everybody knows each other and it's great. And then after it went viral, it was like um, time out, sort of like being like, this is the coffee shop of the best neighborhood ever. And then all of a sudden there's like a million people in there. And you're like, I don't know who all of these people are. And it sort of felt like that for a little bit where I was like, I don't, I don't know how to serve all of you until it didn't, it kind of leveled out. And I was like, Oh, I know all of you now. Like I know how to respond to all of these comments now. And it was just sort of chaotic for a few weeks and redirecting the vulnerability and to be like, okay, well, this is, I can do this. We can, we can make this happen. I do remember, I think the first TV appearance I did was uh, for Sunrise Australia. I loved that so much because when I sat down at it, they were like, you're going to be on, uh, you're going to be the segment after this one about a snake. And I was like, that is the most Australian thing you could have told me. (laughs) Um, But it was so funny because like I go to the studio and I'm sitting in like the dressing room and I'm like fixing my hair and everything. And I asked for like some questions just so I had like some sort of direction of where we were going to go. And, uh, I'm and again, like navigating this all on my own. I was like, that's probably a thing people do. They probably ask for questions. right? <laughs> and like, I'm sitting there and I was like, I'm better when I like write things out first sometimes. So I, like wrote out answers and like, okay, not memorizing, but like, just like trying to like find a flow of what I'm going to say. Uh, and the guy comes in and he's like, okay, we're going to put you in the chair, mic you up. I'm like, oh, okay, great, 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 great. Um, I'm just going to bring my computer if that's like totally fine. He's like, yeah, 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 fine. And I sit down in the chair and I have my computer with me and I'm looking in the monitor to see like where the eyeline sort of ends. And so I'm like, okay, they can't see my computer. So they're not going to know if I'm holding it in my lap. (laughs) And I literally spent like the entire interview (laughs) so nervous with my laptop in my lap with like all of my answers because the one thing I didn't want to happen was like they'll be like great and what's your name and I'll be like um uh Emily (laughs) um like like and and that didn't happen at all like as soon as we started I like I felt fine and I was clutching my laptop but I like didn't have to look at it but it was just one of those moments where I was like I felt like so thrown into the deep end of the pool and just trying to find like any sort of way to survive those couple of weeks. But yeah, if I had to do it all again, well, I don't know, maybe I, maybe it would be exactly the same. I think you needed to do that in order to quell your anxiety. Yeah. But then once it started, you're like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. As soon as it started, I was like, oh, I know all the things I was saying. And then we started like riffing and talking about different things that, you know, were off the cuff. And so it was fine, but it was, I, I remember sitting in the chair and trying to make a joke to the guy. Uh, and he was like, are you nervous? I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I was like, it's just Australia, right? And he's like, it has like 20 million people. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I was like, I understand, but like, I'm just trying to like, you know, breathe. <laughs> I'm wondering what is your favorite post you've done so far, if you had to choose one? Oof, my favorite post? There was one, I think it was last Christmas, I bought myself uh <laughs> I bought myself an ornament that it was like still single in one of those that like, I guess most people bought it to be like just married. But I went to like the stand and I was like, can you write like still single 2019? 
And they were like, oh, are you sure? Like, you have a month left. Like, you might find someone. And I was like, no, no, no. It's like a good thing. It was like, it's for a thing. Can you just like write it? And I think they were really worried about me. And they kept saying like, they were like, oh, but it's only like December 1st. Like, you have like a whole month. Like, who knows? You might find someone. I'm like, yeah, maybe. (laughs) Um, Where's this ornament store? I want to meet all these supportive people. Right? They were super (laughs) nice about it. But I was like, great. It was in Union Square. But I, I took a picture with that and that I thought that was a pretty good one and people seem to like that one so that's one of my favorites that sort of sticks out to me are you still single yeah I'm single I've traveled like nonstop this year so I feel like it was just a good a good year that I was like never <laughs> around so yeah I'm single and I I mean I heard you kind of answer this on Australian TV but I'll just ask it again for the sake of my listeners because I know people are wondering so with the account, do you feel pressure at all to not be engaged? Or like, how will you continue it once you do find someone that maybe you do want to go down that pathway? Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I struggle with this every time because I I have some ideas, but I haven't totally formulated exactly what I'm going to do. I think that I think that it's still a long way off. I think that I'll keep the account in some version uh, I don't know what that will be. I'll definitely let you know when I'm engaged so I'm not lying. I don't want some sort of like Instagram scandal where, <laughs> uh, you know, gotcha. <laughs> they're like, she, she's a liar. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I joke sometimes like, like I'll do a full 180 and I'll just post nonstop engagement photos, but totally engaged, totally will be the new engaged. Account. Yeah. Nonstop engaged all the time. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I have to see like where I am and what place I'm in, in, in that moment. I think that I would keep the not engaged post going, whether I'm in a relationship or not. And you know what I mean? Like the person that wants to be with me is gonna have to have a sense of humor like there's, 100%. there's no way that I'm gonna be with someone who doesn't get it so I think I think I'll be fine in that sense of like keeping the account going until the moment that I'm engaged at least I feel like a lot of the anger from the account and I mean I don't want to overstate it but it does seem like it comes from a certain level of misogyny because for so long in our society women's worth was dictated by what men thought of her and it's exactly the opposite of that. It's actually like what makes us a full person. And then once I'm a full person, how can I meet another full person? And then together we can create a life. Absolutely. And that's that's the sort of thing that totally baffles me. It's like you don't think that people should be a whole person and like go after what they want before they combine with another human being. Like one thing that I've thought about where, you know, career choices and things you work towards are accomplishments that should be celebrated and things like love. I have no idea who I'll fall in love with or who will fall in love with me. Like that's sort of out of my control. It will be very exciting, but I have no control over that, right? Like I could fall in love with someone and they could not love me and vice versa. But that's that's just up to the hands of fate versus like my career, my travels, all of these other things like I have control over. I can go after these things and I just have to hope and let those other things sort of happen to me and then I'll work at it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just a very healthy attitude. I don't know how anyone could see something wrong with that. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about The Good Pie Girl. Sure. Yeah. A Good Pie Girl is the web series that I created. It is a scripted comedy show. Uh, Some people, (laughs) like I feel like some of my mom's friends watched it and they're like, 
I didn't learn the recipe. I'm like, right, it's not a real baking show. <laughs> it's it's a it's a comedy show that takes place in the world of a baking show. Picture like the Barefoot Contessa where everything goes wrong. And that's that's kind of the show. And I put all of my friends in it. And each episode is just about under 10 minutes. I think you could watch the whole first season in like half an hour. And I have been writing season two. Every time I like go to set a production schedule, something else with Not Engaged happens. So I'm going to just keep doing that until <laughs> something like huge happens with the account. But they're all on thegoodpiegirl.com. That's my, that's my whole web series. Oh, so this is my final question, Mary. And I ask everyone this because I believe creativity is intricately connected to the inner child. So if we're thinking of little Mary, like whatever age you think of her, and let's say that this, like maybe she's five years old, five-year-old Mary is standing in the same room as you and you're looking at each other. What do you think she would say to you seeing everything you've done to take care of her and support her creative soul? So what do you think she would say to you and why? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> I think I I would hope that she would say thank you and thank you for sticking with it and and trying to stay positive about it, especially when things got or or felt like they were very low. It could have been very easy for me, especially in that summer to just sort of quit everything and shut everything down and take an office job somewhere. <laughs> so I I, I think that's just it. Thank you. And thank you for sticking with your career path and your passions. So beautiful. And what would you say to her and oh, why? Oh, I'd give her a big hug and I'd tell her that everything's going to be just fine to not worry about middle school because bullies are just, it's just nonsense. And they're probably going through their own things and you're all going to be friends one day. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, high school gets better and college gets weird and your 20s are bizarre. But after that, after all of those weird things happen, honey, like everything gets very, very good. And just have fun and keep smiling and just work hard and be nice to people. Yeah. Aww, I'm crying. That's so beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for, for saying that. I mean, it's so true. You know, it's like I always say to people, just always keep going. If you have a dream in your heart, it's not there just to mess with you. It's got a purpose and you got to take care of that little yeah. self because she or he or they are still yearning. They're yearning for you to see them and hear them. And I'm just so proud of you that you've listened to the call and that you've protected her and you're doing so many amazing yeah. things. Thank you for sharing oh, your story. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening and to my amazing guest, Mary McCarthy. For more info on Mary, follow her at Not Engaged, at Hey It's Mary MC, and check out her web series at The Good Pie Girl. Thank you to Liz Full who made this show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full. And again, thank you. If you enjoy the show, the best way to share that is by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on Apple Podcasts and following it on Spotify. If you really like it, take a screenshot of yourself listening and share it to your Instagram stories. Tag at Unleash Your Inner Creative and at Lauren LaGrasso and I will repost it. Remember, my single Road to Glory is out now. You can download it on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, or wherever you get your music. And I also have another show coming up at Bar 20 on Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood at 815. It's going to be on Friday, December 12th, and I would love to see you there. My wish for you this week is for you to remember that just because your milestones aren't easy to understand doesn't make them any less worthwhile. You are enough. 
All right. Now stay tuned for the creative of the week, which is coming up next. Today's creative of the week is Violetta Nicola. She's an 18-year-old writer from Romania and a creative community member. In 2017, she launched her personal website where she started writing book reviews. Fast forward to three years later, now she interviews people from the entertainment industry such as actors, directors, songwriters, including yours truly, which you will see up on the site shortly. She's also a former hashtag girl to leader ambassador. This will be the second year in a row where Violetta joins Dresember, which is an awesome organization that takes action against human trafficking and wants to abolish modern slavery. Violetta hopes to one day pursue her dreams as an actress and write her own material. I know she's going to do it. So check her out at Violetta.Nicola. That's at V-I-O-L-E-T-A dot N-I-C-O-L-A and read her blog at VioletaNicola.ro. That's it for this week. Remember, I believe in you and always, always keep going. Talk soon.